Anyone can talk football. Not everyone can do it East Coast style. The East Coast Gridiron Podcast, starting now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. This is episode 11. So today, I'm here with my man, Rob. Uh, actually, I actually got a weird message from Don today, to be completely honest. With uh-huh. you. Let me let me go ahead and read this out. He said, Dante, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not up to being on the show tonight. I wanted to tell everybody that reality has set in. After eight years of tournament as the Eagles fan, I'm tired of the organization disrespecting me as a fan. Oh, snaps. Oh. <laughs> Starting today, I, I shift my fandom to Western Pennsylvania and now embrace Steelers Nation. I no longer bleed green and look forward to getting the terrible towel. Don. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> what a way to start the show. So so much for bleeding green, right? Like Yeah. What? Yeah, it's 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 getting crazy out here. But uh this is everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Dante here, my man Rob. What's going on, everybody? We gotta give you a nickname like like the rest of us. Yeah, right. Everybody's favorite couch. I don't know. Potato. That's all I got. <laughs> Everybody's favorite couch potato. <laughs> That's it. Uh, man, yeah, so as you guys see, today's sponsor again, Afloat Posters. Don, or, um, I, don't, I said Don. Rob, you actually ordered some posters today? Yeah, man. I just uh, actually filled up my cart with three posters and then got a special offer at checkout and picked up a fourth one. Oh, so, uh, snaps. Yeah. Which ones did you get? Uh, uh, let's see. I got... Uh, so now I'm a hockey guy too. So I, I picked up the uh, the slap shot poster, the Charlestown Chiefs. Ah. And I picked up. Um, I think I got the uh, a couple of the the uh, the fake ones, but then I also got the uh, all the FBS helmets. Oh, that Nelson's got that one. Yeah, it's a nice and it's a bigger size too. Yeah, as as you see behind me, I got the NHL poster. But my dad messed up nice. and has the Montreal Canadiens winning 34 times. <laughs> I think it was only I mean, they won a lot, but not yeah, not thirty four. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, and how many of them have been since the expansion since sixty seven? Right, like yeah, all of them were during the original six era, almost exactly. Shout out to Tim. This first time I seen you in here, buddy. What's going on, Tim? Tim Ingersoll. Appreciate you. What is up? Yeah, go ahead and share out the stream, guys. Uh, the more people that yeah, we right. get in here, the more information that will be in their ears because we got a action-packed right. show today. And along with that, as you as you see, I think his name is blocking a little bit, but you got to have the feedies, man. It's like step up a little bit. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Have so the everybody hit up the links in the <laughs> yeah, description. Yeah, the merch. Yeah. <laughs> everybody hit up the links on the Instagram page or the Facebook page. We got the link over there for the uh, the Teespring page to get you. A, I got, you know, you got to have a Feedy uh, shirt. I'm mad that he got his before mine. <laughs> yeah, mine came in the mail. <laughs> yeah, but I got a hoodie and a, and a couple T-shirts and stuff coming. So go ahead and hit those up. We should have more merch, um, you know, available for you guys here soon. I, I got a cool design where it's got the ECG logo, like vertical on one side. So it looks pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but I'll throw some this more one's stuff got the on the ECG there. logo on the back. I can't turn around and. Show oh yeah, you. that's right. Yeah, it's got it on the back. So yeah, <laughs> yep. as you guys see, it's got it on the back from uh, our little description there. So yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started, man. Um, For sure. We got to hit off. Do does the NCAA do NCAA pro days really matter? I'm asking the question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for me, game film's way more important. 
I, I want to see what they're doing against real competition. I mean, mm-hmm. at, at basically every position. I mean, linemen, skill players, the game film means way more. For me, the the pro days are helpful for those guys on the edge of the draft that are trying to move up yep. or trying to move in to get drafted at all. Like, those are the guys that really benefit from those pro days, especially this year where there's no combine. I mean, with the pandemic, I mean, those the schools hosting pro days are their only shot at getting exposure. You know, whether it's, you know, guys from smaller schools or, you know, just at the edge of that roster that might not get drafted without it. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree with you there. And then when it comes to the pro days, too, it's such a what is the word I'm looking for? It's such a perfect setting for a player because not only oh, are yeah. you back at your school and back yeah. with your coaches and back with yep. sometimes their family gets invited. Yep. Like, you just feel very comfortable, but there's no pressure of like, you know, uh, a defense sure. bearing down your neck, even though, you know, you see the coach yeah. out there trying to like step on their toes before they throw as, you know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, your buddy's running the routes for you, you know, like how many times have they, they thrown, you know, that deep corner yeah. to that guy, you know, like it, all of it. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's obviously a, what, what am I looking for? It's more like, you know, those, those singing competitions, like the voice and everything, of course, you're going to have the best of the best displaying, and it's just like razor thin on, on everybody's pro day when they're at home. I really think yeah. the combine is not only is the game field, but missing the combine this year really showed us that, um, you know, people like the Zach Wilsons and the Justin Fields, they're not going to be able to separate each other because they're not taking these pro days. You know, of, we'll get to the Zach Wilson pro day here in sure. a second, but I don't think, you know, they're not going to a setting where they're actually competing with their actual competition, you know, side by side. You're not getting yeah. to see that throw that, you know, Justin Fields is going to make 60 yards down the field. You're not going to see, you know, how good Trevor Lawrence really is with, you know, other people that are as good as him. Um, and I really think this year hindered from that. But then when you get like just a perfect setting that Zach Wilson had with that facility that they were in with everybody that came out there where he was just razor thin being that number two quarterback and he makes a 60 yard throw, of course, with no pressure or anything. Um, And everybody's yelling and screaming because they thought it was so awesome. (laughs) But then you look at Justin Fields and it's just like now we're just getting the sloppy seconds of a pro day when everybody was so impressed with Zach Wilson when... If you look at Justin Fields' pro day, he had, if not as good, but a I think he had like yeah. a B plus pro day, by just sure. the fact that his footwork was better. Um, he wasn't having his receivers adjust as much as what Zach Wilson was doing. I don't know what was your, exactly. what was your thoughts on you know, just the whole overall scope yeah. from the transition that we didn't have a, a combine this year. Yeah, I mean. I mean, in the last few years, how many of the top draft prospects skip the combine anyway? You know, they, exactly. they'll throw a, they throw a private pro day, you know, regardless. So to me, like the the combine has been all about those guys that are trying to move from the third to the second round mm-hmm. from, you know, from day three to day two. Like those are the guys that benefit from the combine to me, like the the, the top 10 picks. None of those guys want to be in the combine anyway. How many of the top 10 pick quarterbacks in the last five years, even through in the combine, exactly. like at all, you know, they don't. So it, it's just, to me, the combine is useful for those guys further down the draft board. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, the one thing that I did want to say um, is I was really thinking about 
breaking down all the quarterbacks that had a pro day. Besides Kellamon, Kellamon really had that combine esque atmosphere with what the House of Athlete guys were doing, which I think was awesome. And we talked about it a couple shows back. So go ahead and watch that video. But really, you know, Kellamon not having a proper pro day yet. I don't know if it's hindering, you know, and, but all these pro days were actually pretty good. I mean, you can go back yep. and see oh, yeah. how good Trey Lance's pro day was and how it increased his draft stock. But really, we're we're still dealing with what ifs. But the only thing that I really was critiquing that a lot of people don't um, that haven't really realized about the pro days is like I've never seen anybody bash Zach Wilson because of those throws that he made his receivers like have to adjust to like i'm looking at little right. things like that how wide his stance was was like really annoying to me like <laughs> how are you how are you going to adjust when you got yeah. bradley chubb and von miller coming at you because exactly. you know you're going to be going against these type of guys uh every single year so i really wanted to probably take a video and break it down like each quarterback because they pretty much made the same throws you know within each get, other get the old coach's clicker out and do the uh you know, like, yeah now look at his mechanics right here <laughs> yeah spider three wide banana with john gruden <laughs> that's it that's it but i was really thinking about just breaking down each of the same throws that they were making and kind of giving a grade like who did it better and then yeah. seeing who the top quarterback was, I think that would be interesting. That would take a long time to edit, but oh my goodness, for people yeah. to see yeah. what I'm seeing with my eyeballs, the biggest knock against Justin Fields, and I wanted to get your take on this before we move on to uh, sure. our next subject. But um, a lot of people were saying that Justin Fields gets a big knock because he's a first read quarterback. But I, to yeah. me, that's not necessarily his fault. If the guy's open, no. if your number yeah. one is open, why won't yeah. you throw it to him? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he had a guy over the top. How often? Right. I mean, you, you take a look at like his season highlights. I mean, how many just over the top because the guy is five strides by the last DB. Like, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you take that shot if your guy is open every time? Exactly. Let me let me read off what somebody tweeted from Pro Football Focus today. And I think I think you liked the, the comment earlier as well. Justin Fields has his ribs smashed in. And then a 93% grade versus Clemson in the college football semis and an 86% grade versus Alabama in the college football final. The two highest graded games versus either yeah. team all season. But, yes, let's question whether yeah. he wants to be great. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. was always yeah. my argument, too. It's like For sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll be it. talking a little bit more about him later, too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. we want to go ahead and move on to um, Howard Schnellenberger. Um, yeah. I hope I didn't butcher his name, Schnellenberger. So remember Howard Schnellenberger. I don't know if you guys know how great he was as a coach, but uh, I, I am going to display some stats. But first of all, um, the college football world got got crushed by this news, him passing away. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what he, what his impact on college football, and if I had to pick one, everybody knows I'm going college football before I go NFL. I just I just love the game way better than um, the eagle-filled players of the NFL sometimes. It's just such a fresh breath of fresh air to watch uh, college players go all out and give it their all, um, you know, the two, three, four years that we get to see him. But, um, yeah, he he was a big impact on the game. Uh, yeah. What were, what was your thoughts when you heard the news? And I, I don't hear a yeah. lot of people talking about this, which sure. is, like, very upsetting to me, I, yeah. um, especially I mean, for the I college still... football guys. I, I still think back to, I mean, he was the offensive coordinator to the only perfect NFL team. He was the OC of the 72 Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Like you, you think of the guys that he 
worked with and under. I mean, he worked with Paul Bear Bryant. He worked with Don Shula. Like he he was part of like every, those great coaches of that era. He was one of them. You know what I mean? Like he he changed a lot. I mean, obviously he didn't have as much success at the NFL level. I mean, I think he was he like four like, and fourteen or something. Yeah, like he that. got he got like a season and a half and uh, of trying to be a head coach, and and that was it. But you know, he was his offense changed the way they played college football. Yeah. And obviously it worked at the next level there, you know, with the 72 dolphins too. Mm-hmm. Let's just go down the list of kind of his resume, man. I mean, he played, um, he played in for the Kentucky wildcats, uh, through 52 yeah. to 56. Uh, he, he was, my a pro. family are all Louisville. So no comment on those guys. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> um, he was a pro and he played in the CFL for the Toronto. Uh, it says Toronto. I don't know what Toronto. Yeah, Who's Toronto? Tor- <laughs> Toronto. Yeah. The Toronto yeah, the, Argonauts. Yeah. yeah. The Argonauts. He played for who, them. Who are the Yankees of the CFL? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was the Miami University head coach from 79 yep. to 83. Had a 41 and 16 yep. record. He was yep. two and national two in the bowl games. And that one was including the national championship. Yep, you, you in 83. It. Yeah. Yep. He was a Louisville head coach from 85 to 94. There were 54, 56, and 2, even though that's it wasn't 500 yeah. there, but right. he was 2 and 2 in bowl games still. This is the bowl, yeah. the bowl he, game king. Yeah. He, um, he 6 and 0 career in bowl games. He never lost a bowl game when he made it. Nope. That doesn't get yeah. celebrated enough. Um, right. He was the Oklahoma head coach. He was 5 5 and 1. So we saw him actually go up to a big school and not do well. He was with Miami, but another big school sure. not do too hot. And then. You know, towards the end of his career from 01 to uh, 2011, yeah. 58 and which, 74 with Florida yeah. Atlantic. Which he won the Sun Belt one year with them, which kind of, I mean, they, he basically put FAU's football team on the map. Like, yep. no, nobody knew who FAU football was prior to 01. No. You know, and, and he won a conference title there and, you know, had 10 years of success. And what Didn't Lane Kiffin just come from there? Yeah, because now he's yeah. he's coaching who now? Man, why am I drawing the he blank? He's, a, he's at another SEC school. Oh, Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. at Ole Miss now. Yep, and he was 2-2 two and two in bowl games there. So like Rob said, he was 6-0 and oh in bowl games, man. This is The dude deserves all the praise in the world of shaping college football. Um, and at, at that at that stage, by the time you're you're going to go coaching the pros, you yeah. like like yeah. I heard the other day, you're yeah. managing 52 small businesses versus – you know, a hundred players on a team in college, you're really impacting a young man's life, you know, going forward. Cause most of those players don't get to play in the NFL or either get to see sniff NFL money. But, um, think about all the players that he yeah. has I impacted mean, over he, the years. He, I mean, one of his claims to fame was he recruited Broadway Joe to Alabama to play for Paul Bear Bryant. Like that. He, he basically discovered him. Yeah. It's like a career achievement right there. I mean, to think that the guy worked under Paul Bear Bryant and Don Shula and in that era and just retired from coaching in 2011, like that's a long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you, do you think that he's going to be honored this year in college football? I oh, I assume so. Didn't he already win some kind of lifetime achievement award? Yeah, he, sure. I forgot what the um, achievement award was called, but yeah, he did. Um, he did win. Um, th- oh, there it is. 2021, the Paul Bear Bryant Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, what do you know? Uh, it, so, yeah, he. Uh, I, I guess they managed to give it to him just before he passed. 
Yeah, I I, w- I could say that they're probably going to have some memorial game or something oh, like sure that at uh, at Miami just to. Uh, oh yeah, you know, wasn't it that that wasn't that their first national championship before they started getting really good too? And well, yeah, but uh, I mean, you had the '90s Canes there. I mean, I mean, yeah, he, he was the influence for that. He had to be. for sure. Yeah. So, in the comments, what do you guys think, man? Do you, do you think the NCAA is going to do some type of um, honorary game or? You know, putting a sticker on the back of the helmet or with a patch or something. I think that would be very um, tasteful for the NCAA to do something like that. Even the Division II schools. Um, I mean, this guy had a way bigger impact than, you yeah. know, what what people are giving him credit for. So I'm just reading down some of the names of other folks that have won that Lifetime Achievement Award. I and mean, you're looking at guys like Lou Holtz, Barry Switzer, Bobby Bowden. Mm-hmm. Or Bowden, how are you saying? Bobby Bowden, come on, man. Yeah, Bowden, no, no he's your no guy. No disrespect. Yeah, no, no, no. I didn't want to. I didn't want to mispronounce <laughs> no. it. Exactly. I know he's your guy. You know, Mac Brown, Steve Spurrier, you know, and Howard Schnellenberger just won it this year. So I mean, he's in some pretty elite company there. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens, man. I'm very interested to see what the NCAA is going to do. I mean, this would be, you know, out of anything. I don't know if anybody's watched that movie on Disney. About the Clemson player that brought his brother, uh, you know, no. while he was going through that dispute, I, it's called safety. The guy played safety. I forget his name, but mm-hmm. yeah, he, um, the NCAA, they they need some some type of uh, good gesture, some well, goodwill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this would this would be it by by honoring them or something, or at least you know putting his name or putting his initials like you know like on that little. The little piece to hold your face mask, where a lot of like the ACC puts their their logo, sure. which was that was funny. They'll when, have like everybody, everybody will have an HS, you know, somewhere. Yeah, I mean that or would be patch. that would be really cool. Sure, um, or at least for the conferences to come together, they don't even have to have the NCAA yeah. involved or the schools themselves. Like, yeah, I, I, I can totally see the conference doing it. I could see Miami, Louisville, Oklahoma, and Atlanta, you know, Florida Atlantic doing it for sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, maybe the Argonauts, if they have a season, maybe they might do it. Or Kentucky. He went to school in Kentucky, too. So, yeah. Um, Louisville, uh, born and bred. I think he was born in Louisville, so hopefully I'm not mispronouncing that. But um, Louisville. Lu- Louisville. <laughs> Louisville. You get it as close to one syllable as possible. So, I-, I have family there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like my wife, she lives, she uh, grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I used to say Lancaster. She's like, it's Lancaster. <laughs> Apparently, Elizabethtown is called E-Town. They don't say Elizabethtown there. So just in case you That's go to that area, want. people, like, please. <laughs> um, so Howard Schnellenberger, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Thank you for everything that you've done for college football. The game is uh, the game is much better that, that you were a coach, and, and hopefully yeah. – you know, we, we see a bunch of these coaches step up and, you know, be the guy that you were. So we couldn't continue to show. And I like I said, I hate that ESPN and people never really shined a light on this subject. But it was more just like Fox Sports threw something up. Oh, he passed away. I'm like, no, this is a pretty big deal. Something that reads along the bottom line. That's it. You know? Oh, yeah. It's it's a huge deal, I think. But uh, But, of course, stuff like Deshaun Watson, which we'll get into next, you know, get into later. In our NFL yeah. segment, but uh, the, to round out our uh, college football segment of the show, we got to talk about our uh, top five short bet draft picks or the yeah, ECG East Coast Gridiron Big Boards. So the we're only going to do five. Um, yep. 
you know, we try to keep it short and simple for you guys. I'm not going to go through <laughs> 15 guys. Yeah, after five, you might not be as sure of a bet, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Tina on the brink of destruction. Um, so I'll go ahead and start with mine. Um, so my fifth guy talked about him earlier in, you know, the last couple of weeks, Rondell Moore. I think this dude's going to be a beast. It's a diamond in the rough. He's going to be that Wes Walker type of player that I was mentioning before. I don't know if you guys seen any, any clips of him, like in the weight room, he's like a, a big, small guy. So, yeah. uh, but he's got, he's got defeaties, man. Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do at the next level. But uh, it, he, to me, seems like a Bill Belichick kind of pick in the draft, though. Just like, oh, yeah, we're going to do something with him. And I think uh, Cam Newton would love a slot guy because that's what he's going to be. Oh, he's sure. not going to be an X or Y guy. He's going to be right no, in the no. slot for sure. But uh, out of Purdue, he did some big things. Um, you don't see a lot of good players coming out of Purdue. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what Rondell Moore is about. But I, I think he's a for sure bet. I think he's proven it. Um, playing up in the in the Big Ten when the Purdue's of the world are not the very first teams that you yeah. mentioned, uh, it's kind of weird to see Northwestern in the Big Ten championship this year, right? Right. <laughs> um. So let's let's head over to was Slate. Slate made a comment, kind of like uh, Buford, North Carolina. People say Buford, but not Beaufort. It's Beaufort. Oh, I did not know that. By the way, that's crazy. <laughs> um. Everybody says his name wrong. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, number four, Panay Sewell. We've been talking about this guy. Everybody's got him pretty much on the, on their big boards, too. I think he's a for sure bet to be um, yeah. an excellent player. If you saw the things that he did at Oregon, uh, out yeah. there protecting our boy Justin Herbert last year. And, uh, you know, he's a for sure bet. It, to be yeah. compared to the likes of Orlando Pace and, you know, all those other guys, I think uh, – I think he's going to be yeah. doing big things wherever he goes. I mean, not enough to be said. I mean, you look at his tape. He doesn't really allow yeah. sacks around the end. Like, um, yeah. he's putting people on their a double snakes. So, um, but <laughs> but you got to have to feed these as an offensive lineman too. You got to give it to him. Uh, yep. But yeah, Panesu. I think pretty much everybody either has him in it's their yeah. top five, like across the board. So, for sure. Um, number three. <laughs> oh, here we go. People are gonna go. people are gonna roast me in the comments. Nope. <laughs> Panesu dude is a beast. Yes, he is he is a beast. He is but a Justin beast. Fields <laughs> enough is enough said, man. Like everybody knows I'm on the Justin Fields train. I hate the <laughs> argument that if you come out of Ohio State, you're not gonna be a good quarterback. That's got I don't care. Like to me, it doesn't matter if the string of quarterbacks that well, you can say that for USC as well. The string of quarterbacks that come out of USC, they're all gonna be terrible. Whatever. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Justin Fields. He's a Georgia boy, transferred up. I mean, to me, look at the tape, look at the stats, look at everything that he's done. To play in the national championship and for uh, for him, he did not lose that game for Ohio State, let me tell you that. No. Nope. Just go look at the tape, man. Enough, yeah. enough said. His pro day was very impressive. Like I said, I should do a breakdown between him and Zach Wilson. He did not have to have his receivers adjust. Uh, for a lot of the stuff that he was doing. So Justin Fields is my number three. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody that knows me. It's Fields to Carolina, please. Hey, I like that. I like Trey Lance better at Carolina, but we'll see. <laughs> Another guy that I think is just going to be tearing up the league for the next 10 years. <laughs> uh, Kyle Pitts, to me, is like a cross between Aaron Hernandez. I know we don't want to really mention, but uh, talking about the player Aaron Hernandez. On field. Also uh, coming out of Florida. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Aaron Hernandez. He's got a little bit of uh, Todd Heap in him. Anybody remember Todd Heap? That. Oh, yeah. Um, and Underrated. He, oh, yeah, for sure. And he's got a little bit of Antonio Gates uh, for me. Uh, you, he's like the love child of all three of those yeah, people combined. Gates is a stud. Yeah, he was. So I think Kyle Pitts is a for sure bet. If he doesn't slim down and transfer over to wide receiver, which I've been hearing a little bit about that. Huh. He, I mean, he's got the speed. He ran like a 4-4 right. or 4-5 yeah. the other day, didn't he? I mean, I mean, if he doesn't want to block blitzers in the NFL, I could see him doing that. But we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, he's just a freak of a human being, kind of like oh, Micah yeah. Parsons from uh, Penn State. I didn't have him in my top five, of course, but somebody right. did um, in our group. But uh, – I think this one surprised a little bit of people wow, here. Wow, number one. Number one, I got Patrick Sertain. I think he, if you're naming everybody that's in this draft, who I think is just going to go and make an immediate impact without a lot of adjustment that has to be made, Patrick Sertain is going to be like his daddy, if not better. Yeah. Okay, so what we're talking about is a cornerback that literally shuts down his side of the field, can play any, he could play in the slot, he could play on the outside, you can line him up in safety. He's a big kid. He's got a lot of speed. He's very smart. And like I said, we can't change the fact that his dad was in the NFL. So you're learning from, I mean, in his days, you know, playing for, you know, Miami, he was, he was no joke. I mean, he was locking down Randy Moss and the rest of those guys. So um, you're learning from your dad. You're going to a great school. You got the size, you got the speed. I think he's for sure bet to go to any team. And if the Cowboys are smart, if he's sitting there, you don't take any other cornerback than him. Um, I wouldn't even take Caleb Farley over him. I'm just saying um, he's a he's a freak. Um, go over to Facebook real quick. Um, Pitts is a unicorn. That's what Don was saying. Uh, I feel like he's not even real. <laughs> that's what Slate said. <laughs> he's talking about Kyle Pitts. Yeah, That's funny. He's, a, he's, he's unreal, man. Uh, all right. I mean, so Rob, we'll get into your yeah, uh, your five. Sure, yeah, number five, Justin Fields. I, I I watched a ton of tape after you've been talking him up. I mean, basically all the last season, he's mm. he's got a rifle. He can throw bullets, but he's got a beautiful deep ball. He'll he'll drop it in a bucket. You know, hit a guy in stride, fifty, sixty yards downfield every time he wants to. Yeah, he he can make all the throws. <clears throat> and I mean, to me. I mean, if you're looking for a guy that shows toughness and leadership, like you're, you're not going to, you know, go wrong with, with him. So, you know, you saw what he went through at the end of the season with his injuries and still going on the field, playing hurt, leading his team. I, I think, I think that was the be, most impressive part, right? You know, it, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, he played in a pro style offense. He's going to translate very well at the next level. I, I think he's going to be really, really good. Whoever, whoever gets him. I think as we get closer to the draft, I'm going to have to throw up the stat that Don gave us today about him between him and, and Zach, Zach Wilson. And I've been saying it, you know, Zach Wilson had that 93 ranked yeah. or 96 ranked, yeah. like uh, strength of schedule. I mean, <laughs> You guys got beat by Coastal Carolina, and he didn't yep. look. Yep. Everybody's like, "Oh, you yeah. didn't look too bad," but you still lost to Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Who's in the Sun Belt when Justin yeah. Fields is playing? Was in a national championship playing Alabama yeah. exactly. while injured and still had an eighty-three percent to get through Clemson to get there. Uh, the team like, that he lost against last year, yeah. when him yeah. and him and his receiver were off that last exactly. play, I, I was in. I think I was in Ocean City, um, and my wife was like. It didn't even look like they were on the same page. I was like, because they weren't. Yeah. He was expecting right. them to be one place and the receiver wasn't. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So yeah, he, he's in my top five for sure. Okay. But you're gonna, you're not gonna like that I put 
number four right ahead of him. Trevor Lawrence, you're, you're not a fan. The more tape I watched of him, the more impressive he is. I mean, literally, he can make every throw on the field. It he His accuracy, I mean, just the way he can run a pro-style offense doing play fakes, RPOs, rollouts, boots, throwing off his back foot, throwing in the wrong direction, just shows off that he can do absolutely everything at the pro level that you would ask a quarterback to do. You know, he he's not out there, you know, run an option. He's not out there. You know, it, the style of offense that Clemson plays is going to translate to what he's going to be asked to do at the next level. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be really successful doing it. I mean, he's got to learn to slide. He, he, he likes to pull the Carson Wentz and lower his shoulder once he gets up to the secondary. That is not going to work in the NFL. <laughs> so he's got to keep himself on the field. But other than that, I mean, I, I think his game is going to translate and be a, a star. I, he, he's he's going to get beat up for a couple of years because he's going to go to the worst team in the league. And it's going to take a little while for the Jags to be anything but the Jags. But so, you, you know, know, and I'm not doubting his his talent. Like, of course, I see it. But still that you just hope Jacksonville doesn't ruin him. I, I mean, that's all. I, to yeah, it. I hope Jacksonville doesn't ruin him. And he turns out to be everything that people are saying he's going to be. But I, I just yeah. can't slide a. I can't slide the fact that DJ uh, Uga, yeah. uh, I, I was yeah. pronouncing his name, it was not Ugalele, it's like Uga Lale or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I can't, I can't yeah. put that to the side. Like, yeah, he's gonna be I mean, a beast. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean, I, I look at Trevor Lawrence too. Not only can he do that, he also has the touch to run screen game. You know, to make those underneath throws, to throw the, you know, like the wider the bubble screens. Like, it, you watch some of that tape is just as impressive. That he can, you know, and those are the things that NFL quarterbacks are asked to do. Mm-hmm. That you see a lot of rookies mess up. Yep. That you 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 throw a laser into your running back's hands from two yards away, or you chuck it into his feet. You know, like and and he he makes those touch passes, and so I I just think he's going to be really really good. Okay, let's head over to your three. Yep, number three, Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's just a beast. He rips the ball out of the air, like mm-hmm. no matter where it is. He made Trask look so good so many times because the radius <laughs> for him to catch the ball is just ridiculous. Like he goes up and rips the ball out of the air from anywhere. And, uh, you know, he can make the sideline catches, but he's big too. You know, like he's he's going to go across the middle. He's going to go up the seam. He's going to go outside. He's going to be a matchup nightmare. He's going to be too fast for any linebacker and too big for any safety. He's going to be that guy, you know, and he, he's going to be that matchup nightmare for whoever gets him. I'm pegging him to end up in Miami with the Eagles sixth pick. Um, you know, they're either going to get him or Chase at that sixth pick, I think. So, you know, they're going to get a weapon down there for Tua. Right. All right. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Kelvin's <laughs> is going to be a monster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really. Um. So in the chat, who's who's your top five on your big board? Yeah, who who are we leaving off? Um, let's go to your two. Yeah, I got Jamar Chase at number two. And he's taking a year off, but you look at that tape of that nineteen twenty season. I mean, geez, this he's the total package. He's everything you want. You know, he'll go get a fifty fifty ball, but he'll also go over the top. He'll go across the middle. He'll he'll get you. You know the 50 yard bomb, but he'll also get you six, eight yards on third down. Like his hands are sure he runs crisp routes. He's fast and big. It, it, he does it all. I mean, it really, I, I can't find a fault in this game watching, you know, however much tape I did. It, he just, 
I, I, I couldn't pick him apart. <laughs> I, I'm looking at him like, if this guy isn't a sure thing coming out, I, I don't know who is. Other than it might take him a little bit of time to catch back up to game speed because he took a whole year off. Right. But he was, and he played, you know, played in the SEC. He was playing pro style defenses. He was playing receiver against man. You know, he he wasn't playing in the Big 12. He wasn't playing in the Pac-10. You know, like he was playing those defenses every week. And you saw what he did. You know, it, it, he he's the he's the he's the total package. Yeah. Um, Jamar Chase went into Bolitnikov, um, doing the things that he did, you know, at um, LSU. It's just impressive. Um, yeah. He and Jer- Joey Burrow looked really, really good that year. <laughs> There's no Joe Burrow without Jamar Chase and without Justin no Jefferson. So I truly believe that. Number oh, one. Sure. Panay Sewell. This guy, he's he's everything in that. He's a once-in-a-decade tackle. You look at him, you talk about the feeties. He's got it in the <laughs> pass protection game. But you watch him in the run game as a blocker getting out in front. He puts the guy in front of him on his behind and then gets to the second level and puts that guy on his behind too. He's eight, 10 yards upfield and the running back is chasing him. Like he's that good. He's, he's just a monster. I mean, it, he's big and fast. And that's the thing. Like that's what translates at the NFL level. You know, mm-hmm. all of those linemen are quick. You you got to, you know, you, you, you're going to get caught off balance. You're a big old road cone if you can't move. Oh yeah. You get found out real quick by a DN. Oh yeah. So yeah, sure. he's going to translate. I mean, I'm I'm thinking wherever he lands, you know, you see him out in front of a screen, like he he's going to be a monster. He's going to clear the road. Uh, this this guy is like I said, a once in a decade tackle talent. I mean, he's the Tonka trunk of the NCAA, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just the 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 video of him in the run game for Oregon, just getting up to the next level and just creating havoc. Yeah. Yeah, so Don, um, Don got us his picks this week, so I want to go ahead and head over to those. Uh, Don had number one; he had Kyle Pitts. Yeah, he actually agreed with me on the number two, Patrick Sertain, as well. But um, looking down there, I know we mentioned his name, uh, Michael Parsons, at number four, and uh, Najee Harris was the one I was surprised to see. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. No, I mean, there's, I mean, he's coming out of good stock there with an Alabama running back. I mean, yeah. And then just routing out his number five was Panay Sewell. So I, like yeah. I said, I think that's a trend for everybody on their big boards. Uh, this this would uh, Panay Sewell yep. being somewhere from one to five, you know, works. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you agree with me about Patrick Sertain, Don. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got to get over to Deshaun Watson. I know this is a touch, touchy subject for everybody, but sure I kind of want to. I want to take it in a different direction though. Is he still dra- like trade worthy? After all the allegations that come out, regardless of how you feel about it, do you take the chance? You know, I, I can't blame. I cannot say that you're guilty before the facts come out. You know, sure. It could be a hundred people that come on and blame him for this and that. Oh yep. man. He knocked down my Lego set <laughs> <laughs> lawsuit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, what, <sighs> what do you do in this situation? Let's, let's say this, Rob, you're an expansion team, right? Deshaun Watson is still out there. You got all the tra- draft capital in the world. Do you still go after him? It's a real tough call. I don't think 
any NFL team wants to go past the PR nightmare that this is. Everybody's going to sit on their hands until they see how this plays out. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a single team in the league that wants to deal with the press of being the one that went out and got him. I I, I just don't see it happening. It, it, the Texans are going to be stuck with him, and I don't even know that they can dress him and put him on the field until this legal matter is resolved. I I just think he's untouchable at this point, flat out. But if this, this all comes out that none of this is true, whatever happens, this mm -hmm. ruins his career. Regardless, oh yeah, oh regardless yeah. of the and, fact, yeah, yeah. But somebody, <laughs> let me let me tell you, this was funny. Somebody came out and said, "Why does he need that many massage therapists?" <laughs> and that's and but that's the thing. If he was doing what they're claiming he was doing, he's not getting a second appointment with any of them. Mm -mm. That's why he needs twenty of them. Yeah, it, it, it a multi-million dollar starting quarterback in the NFL doesn't need to be getting massage therapists out of the yellow pages. Yeah, he doesn't. You, make a good, you make a good point there. He he doesn't. You get a guy or, or lady or guy with, you know, a medical degree, an actual like physical therapist, and that person is your professional masseuse. They have team masseuse. Exactly. I mean, well, a lot of guys have their own guy. Yeah, that travels with them. But, yeah, because yeah, yeah, Antonio exactly. Brown has his own. That's right. Yeah, I actually, um, the guy that owns the health side of the Hocassin Athletic Club is a buddy of mine. And he has uh, some pro, he, he works on NFL players and NHL players and they'll fly him out. You know, like he'll fly out to Arizona and go work on a guy that just got traded out to the Cardinals. Right. Um, but yeah, that, it, those are the people that work on NFL players. You know, the, the, the only, the fishy thing, I mean, what is it like 18 out of the 19 people that have come forward are all being representative by the lawyer for the owner of the Houston Texans. And it looks fishy as all get out. Every, every you know, angle of this looks so fishy. Cause right, it's like, right. Like it's like you have equal arguments world, on both sides, but why in the world would the Texans be cutting off their own nose despite their face? Because all of a sudden, if they were going to trade him, like his, trade value is next to nothing right now mm -hmm. when they were talking they were going to get three first round picks for him plus something and now i mean that's that's gone so like why in the world would the texans bring this stuff to light on their own to try to like ruin him out of spite like why would they do that they're ruining their own franchise on purpose i mean th this is you know like this has always it, been the, the deal with me right if you totally hate the team but we are bound to you contractually. Yeah. You sign the contract. You sign the contract. But to me, the juice is not worth the squeeze if this dude is like totally unhappy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me yeah, let me absolutely. send you out somewhere else. Even though I know the star caliber of player that you are, but I'm not yep. gonna get a hundred percent of you regardless of how much I'm paying you when when yep. you're just totally unhappy here. Yep. So it's like you're you're playing that yeah, and the, and the Texans have shown they're a terrible organization. Yeah. I mean... I, I've already named it a couple episodes ago. Te the Texans are now the new NFL team where, just like the Browns were with quarterbacks, they are like that with any NFL player. Your career goes yeah. to, to die with them. You go there, yeah, that's it. But anybody with talent, they trade away. I mean, you think about all the guys that are gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they brought in 
and paid a king's ransom for one offensive lineman from Miami. And he's gonna they're gonna put a statue up at the Dolphins Stadium for that offensive tackle because now he's turned into <laughs> what three or four first round picks. Larry Tunsil, yeah. With, with, yeah, they're gonna put up a statue at Tunsil in, in Miami for bringing in so many picks for the Dolphins. <laughs> he he is now the new Sun Belt coast by how many teams that he's went to. <laughs> That's it. Um my wife says maybe they actually want to keep him, but knew he wanted out, so there's they're yeah. using him to keep him. I could be way off just a thought. Hmm? I mean, I, I I just don't think, I mean, and that's like the commissioner and the owners. I mean, obviously they talk to each other. Everybody says, oh, no collusion in the league. Yeah, that's No, all. there's absolutely yeah. no way. Oh, NFL players yeah. have come out and no, said that no, already. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, look at Colin Kaepernick, you know, but this is obviously a completely different situation where they're not going to touch him because it's not worth the PR. And, you know, I honestly believe that that rumor that came out, we discussed this a couple of episodes ago too, where they wanted to bring Colin Kaepernick in if Russell Wilson was to be traded. I believe with my heart of hearts that Pete Carroll wanted that to happen. Now the Seahawks are like, no, nah, we can't have that happen, yeah. Pete, but yeah. Pete don't care. Yeah. No. Yeah. He He's the one guy with the clout that would have tried to get it done. Yeah. And, and even then ownership might've stepped in and told him no. And it might have cost Pete Carroll his job. I mean, his with everything that's it. happening, and and um, hey, he might lose it anyway. You know, yeah. If they don't do well this year, well, if now they'll they'll probably do well because Russell will probably stick around. But yeah. if Russell but, leaves hey, and unless, he doesn't do well, he's got one good year. Yeah, um, unless the Eagles package hurts the number twelve pick and two first rounders <laughs> next year. And it, I mean, if they can talk to Russell's agent and get him to okay a trade to Philly because that's the only way it's going to happen is Russell has to say okay. I've never heard anybody but, saying that, that he would I mean, be a good fit in Philly, and he actually probably would. And you think about it. I mean, like – He's close to home. The Eagles, He's from Virginia. The Eagles don't, yeah, the Eagles aren't going to use all three of those draft picks next year. If they packaged no. Hurts the 12 and two first rounds next year, that would get it done in my eyes. But you know, Rob – not like, to get off on a tangent on the Eagles. Yeah, no, we're way off base at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Not to get on a, a tangent with the Eagles, though. But if a trade was to happen, I mean, the the trade that already happened where now they're the 12th pick was right, not right. actually bad. I mean, in reality, because now you're going to either have th- you're going to have I one of those receivers. Up. You can't draft they're all those receivers. No, no, no. Smith or Waddle will be there at 12. Yeah. They're, they're going to get somebody there. Or they're going to package it up and they're going to bring in a superstar, because that's that's a Jeffrey Lurie move. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't he's not patient. Yeah, and I don't. So out of all the we'll moves see. that they made, I don't think this was a bad one because people are like the Eagles no. just don't want to win. I'm like, well, you guys no. are going to get Kyle Pitts if he was there, or a receiver. Yeah. Everybody knows yep. this. Like, yeah. and and one of those you can't draft receivers in the first ten yeah. picks. No, it's not happening. Three of those picks are going to be quarterbacks for yeah. sure. I mean, shoot, the top four picks could all be quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> if, if Miami decides, you know, like, because now that Miami's down at six. That's true. I mean. It's going to be offensive linemen, some cornerbacks, yep. and some quarterbacks yep. that are going to be being picked in the first 12 rounds. That's for sure. Or the first 11 rounds. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I hate it. And I. I'm glad that a lot of NFL players are coming out and saying that, uh, you know, the the Costanzo guy that beat his girlfriend up wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. his last name. 
Anthony Costanzo came out and like beat the crap out of his girlfriend. They're talking about this more than that, which yeah. I'm like Deshaun Watson, of course, is the bigger name. So you're, <clears throat> that's why it's it's yeah. almost comparable to like the WNBA is not as popular as the NBA. It's because all the sponsors are going to the to the NBA, yeah. not the WNBA. Yeah. So it's kind of like the same situation yep. with this. Is yeah, like he, the higher name is going to get the more yeah. starting quarterback. It, it he has to coming know, off of his a, best year. It, yeah, he he yeah. I mean, he take he's the one that takes his helmet off and gets in front of the cameras after every game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the face of the franchise. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's where it comes from. Like, oh yeah, it, he he's gonna have his face in cameras and not just be you know the on field leader of the team. He's gonna be the face of the team, and so they get they gotta manage all of that. Yep. Seems like something's happening with our stream here. Is am I okay? Because we're dropping a lot of frames. Uh, seems okay. You were sketchy there for a second, but it looks good to me. Hold on, let me stop it and then restart it. Uh, might be recovering. Oh, okay, we recovered. I don't know what's going on with my internet. That was really weird. Yeah, we dropped like a thousand frames there, but good thing I'm recording it. Uh, I just restarted it, so we'll see. Oh, good. See what happens. All right. Maybe it just needed a reload there. Let's see. Let's see how we're, we're live. Looking. Yeah, we're, we're back live now. That's All right. Good. So I guess we can move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, my yeah, wife said it looked okay. I don't know. It it was just saying yeah. that we're, it's still saying that yeah, we're I, dropping I, frames, I, but whatever. I don't know. I, I only got like half a second of a little robot voice from you. Otherwise, it's been fine. Okay. Well, who knows? Who knows what's going on? Next thing we want to talk about is uh, Roger Goodell. So, oh my gosh, it is like it's going crazy. Let's let's check it out here. I'm I'm just watching it back. Oh yeah, it's it seems fine. I don't know why it's doing this. Seems anyways, fine. Yeah, Roger, I don't... <laughs> Roger Goodell. <laughs> we'll just move yeah, on. We'll just keep it going. I I still got it recording. Yeah. So if the live stream's messed up, sure. we'll, we'll be all right. Roger Goodell wants full stadiums. Okay, I'm conflicted on this because either you're going so it's half and half, right? Conservatives, right? Liberals, conservatives. Sure. You know, I this this stuff ticks me off because I don't think it should be a political issue. Like no. the patriotic thing to do is to make a personal sacrifice to get it over for everybody. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you fill the stadiums now, granted, if you had to show your vaccine card to walk in the door, they're going to give everybody all summer to get everybody vaccinated. And then you can walk in the door. I'm all for it. You know, right. if, if that's the protocol, if that's how it works, you, you, but then all these people that want to exercise their personal freedom and say, well, I'm not going, well, you can exercise your personal freedom to watch the game at home on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's, that's my opinion. I I, I think it, without it, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. And that's yeah. you're, you're putting the rest of the season at risk by opening up first things first with, without those kind of protocols, in my opinion. Yeah. I I agree. You know, 
at, at this point in time, he could be opening up a can of worms, but with the vaccines and everything, I think at this point in time, yeah. with how much money and stuff that they're losing, the fans have to really either say, do we want yeah. football? Because without money, football does not happen. And sure. And, and the real they money football like, is a TV deal. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking even if it's not full stadiums, I think you play it safe. But if you yeah. want to put a restriction on it, go 75% full capacity. Yeah. And then see see what the numbers look like after week one or week two, week three, and then determine if you yeah. need to open up more than that. So at least you're kind of walking the line of playing right. a game. Right. But right. at least we're not hearing, you yeah. know, some crowd and, and noise based that's on not the, generated. Yeah. And based on the, yeah, the, the piped in crowd noise is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Putting in fake booze, you know, like that, that, that doesn't work. Oh, no. Nah, it's it's so yeah. weird, man. Um, yeah, no kidding. But I, cardboard yeah. cutouts in the stands, right? Yeah, I think you're playing with fire there. All right, so let's go yeah. over and um, I mean, not enough to talk about there. It's just your opinion. Yeah. Do you think they should sure. have it? Do you think they should not have it? It's it's really it's really the call of yeah. what the money is yeah. going to be looking I, like. I, I think. I, I just hope you know if you can get a shot in your arm, get a shot in your arm, get it over with. You know, I, th- I think it's going to get it over for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't got mine yet, but if I come in a situation where I do need to get yeah. it, then I'm not opposed what is to it. Uh, hey, what is it? Del- Delaware's opening up anybody 16 and over starting April 6th. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. No existing conditions, anything. You can start booking an appointment for April 6th or later uh, for anybody 16 and over. Yeah. I think, you know since I've already had it, it's like, it's one of those things yep. where I think right now my immune system, because it doesn't, it doesn't build your immune system to block the virus. I think that's like the, the most like, you can still get it and give it to others. That's yeah. That like the misconception that people don't yeah. understand. So it's like one of those things. It's like, do I get it just to, because I have to get it or to help be preventative right. or, you know, is it the fact that I'm just going to trust my immune system to block it since I've already had it? You know, I'm yeah. kind of playing that flip of the coin. Not to get political here. I'm just gotcha. having, no, a, hey. we're having a discussion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So top 10 receivers in the NFL. So uh, let's get over to Don's comment before we actually head on. So the individual states sure. no longer get a say on how many fans. I, I mean, it could come down to that. But I think Roger Goodell is saying like we 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 will allow yeah. full capacity as far as our procedures go. But right. I think yeah, it's really yeah. gonna come down to the state. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, have a lot to say the, over that. If the governor, or the mayor of that city says no, I mean, there's not much they can do. Yeah, I think it was like a mandate between both. Like Roger Goodell was like, "All right, we're only gonna do thirty percent, like what he did last year." But right. the states were like, "No, we'll meet you halfway. We'll do fifteen. So we'll see. All right, so Rob, we'll go ahead and start off with you on your top ten, sure. man. All of our lists were different. This was uh, this was actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, bottom to top here, Curtis Samuel just moved from Carolina to the football team. Um, yeah, I still trying to figure out if they're going to get a nickname before the start of next next season. But <laughs> are they going to go two years in a row as just the football team? We'll see. Yeah, they're still um, floating around there. But but I think Washington loaded up. And he's, you know, I took kind of a, a fantasy perspective to this. You know, that's, you know, my my niche in a way, like I like to do the research and see what these guys are. 
and I think he's poised to have a blow up year alongside of Scary Terry. Um, I, I think you know they they've got a quarterback now. They've got you know weapons, and I think he's going to have a really big season. I mean, he only he, he only had, what seventy seven catches for eight hundred and fifty yards last season. Not a whole lot in Carolina, but they didn't have you know the best quarterback play. They didn't have the best all around play in Carolina. I never last was season, a Teddy, so, Teddy but, Bridgewater fan. So. Yeah, I mean, hey, it is what it is. They <laughs> they were pretty bad last year. Um, but they drafted so all defensive I, I, players last year too. So who knows right. what they're doing? So yeah, <laughs> but I think he's poised to have you know a really great season, ready to go. Uh, number nine, Robert Woods uh, for the Rams. You know, an, another guy that is also a rushing threat. He had two rushing touchdowns um, last season. So you know, ninety catches, nine hundred and thirty-six yards. I think he's poised to, you know, continue that trend. And now that he's got Matt Stafford throwing him the ball instead of golf, I, I think you're really going to see him shine next year. Um, a, a guy that you're going to see on a lot of guys' fantasy rosters. Um, Don's a big proponent nope. of Robert Woods. Oh, yeah. Uh, number eight, Allen Robinson. Uh, Chicago, again, if they – if. I don't believe that Andy Dalton's really their QB one. <laughs> we'll see if the Red Rocket has a resurgence here. I don't think that's what's going to end up happening. They're going to draft a quarterback, you know. So we'll see what Allen Robinson, you know, he wanted out of Chicago and eventually resigned. You know that he. So I, I think he's going to try to have this prove it year this year, and and he's on a lot of guys' boards. I mean, obviously he's extremely talented. It's just a matter of who's going to be chucking him the ball this year. Yeah. Yeah. Now I put question mark. Jamar Chase right in the middle here, number seven. I think he's going to come into the league as a top 10 receiver, just like Jefferson did last year. He, he's going to come in. He's going to be that good. Um, it, I could see him going to Miami and being a target for Tua. He might go somewhere else in that top 10, but he's a top 10 pick, and I think he's going to be a top 10 receiver when he gets in the league. Okay. If you remember, yeah, he was what just behind uh, Sewell in my sure bets, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I, Jamar I Chase is right that, there. I think he's, he's going to be that good. Um, next, I that's got, pretty uh, bold. Cal- yeah, hey, we're all about and, bold and, and predictions again, from, here. <laughs> just try not to turn everything on its head, but yeah, I think he's going to be that good when he comes in. Yeah, and, and if it, it, it teams the passed on him and end up with like the Josh Josh Rosen of this draft because they got like the third or fourth quarterback off the list. That was another quarterback I was right about, by the way. (laughs) That he didn't have it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like any, all right. He didn't really do anything that was impressive at UCLA for everybody to be given this much praise, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Hey, all right. Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) Number six, I got Calvin Ridley uh, in Atlanta. I I think he's taken over as the as the number one there. He's going to be, you know, Julio gets the yards and no touchdowns, and Calvin does the rest. You know, How about another he, Alabama wide receiver coming in. Ninety catches, thirteen hundred and seventy-four yards, and nine TDs last season. I mean, if Matty Ice is going to give it one more go, I mean, Calvin's got to tear it up for them to have a chance in that division. You know, I mean, you, you got point. Tom Terrific bringing back all twenty-two starters. They all re-upped, and that division is going to be real tough. But I mean, you know, Matty Ice has one year left in him. Or they draft his replacement, you know, one or the other. I, I think he's gonna be the guy down there this year, and I look for him to put up. I mean, literally huge fantasy numbers every week. So, cool. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, numbers. Uh, I'm squinting. Number it looks like six is in there twice. <laughs> five. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, 
moved out to Arizona. He he had a he had a year, 115 catches, 1400 yards. He's still showing that he's, you know, a he you know wants to show he's a top one or two receiver in the in the league. You know, I've got him at five. You know, but I think he's that good. He he could be within the top two or three. Just a matter of I look at you know, again I was kind of taking a fantasy angle to it that I don't think he's a top two receiver for fantasy, but he's I mean easily that talented. Hey, you're the fantasy football guru, man. Hey, man. <laughs> One, two years straight. <laughs> uh, so, number four, uh, Stefan Diggs up in Buffalo. You know, I don't know if Josh you know, Allen. Rob, but if you've been that... watching the show, you know that's my sister's ex, right? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, he's he's got, a good, he's got a good pair of hands, and he's got Josh Allen throwing him the ball right now. That's what so. she said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's not watching, is she? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, no, that's funny. Uh, but, yeah, so I, he's he's just so good. He, he got out of Minnesota and got over there, and him and Josh Allen are going to have another year this upcoming year they have fun they're gonna to try to yeah i mean the division's gonna be tougher this year because new england's gonna be way better than they were last year i mean just looking at it on paper anyway so i i, I still think you know Allen and Diggs are gonna be a, a combo to watch as far as putting up points every week they're both young hungry yeah you know I like yeah. that picture of Stefan Diggs like looking at the celebration after the game that they lost in the playoffs like looking at them celebrating and he was just like taking it all in. That's that's uh, that's demon fuel right there. Yeah. He's he's coming uh, so, for vengeance. I'm I'm realizing what I did. I sent you eleven names instead of ten, and left somebody off my list. So right where we are right now, mm-hmm. I had Justin Jefferson right between three and four. Okay. So I'm just going to honorable mention, put an 11 in there at (laughs) (laughs) 3.5. Justin Jefferson up in Minnesota. I mean, the guy came in the league last year and was immediately a top 10 receiver. And I think he's only going to get better. I mean, he's everything that I think Jamar Chase is going to be just another year of experience. They're so similar. I mean, but what Jamar Chase did after the catch can, (laughs) is unbelievable. That's the only thing that really separates them. But yeah. Exactly. And, and, you know, I, I just think he's in a good situation up there. He's the clear number one. He's going to get all those targets. And he had 90 catches and 1,400 yards, you know, coming into the league. So I'm only looking for more from him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 3.5 to 3, <laughs> DK yeah. Metcalf, um, and he's just a beast. He is just a physical specimen that is just unlike anybody else in the league. Yeah, it, And he puts up the numbers, too. I mean – as long as Russell Wilson hangs around, if he's not somewhere else at the start of the season, mm-hmm. you know, Metcalf's going to put up his numbers. You know, he had 10 touchdowns, 1300 yards last season. You know, I, I look for him to have at least that again. You know, that there's how, how many DBs in the league that just can't do anything about him just because of how big and strong he is. That's very true. Yeah. Except for uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is his <laughs> kryptonite. It is, it, yeah. <laughs> and that crazy. makes you respect how how good DeAndre Hopkins is because remember yeah. I, I mentioned this before. I don't know if I ever told you, but if you realize in college they played against each other once a year, and then really twice a year because they always met each other in the ACC championship, the championship, Jalen yeah. and DeAndre, and then they were in the same division for how many years? 
Yep. You know, with the Jaguars and, and the Texans. They play each other twice a year. And then they move yep. on to the same division again. Not same a, division after they move to the next And they're team, always yeah. they always do pretty well against each wow. other. You know, it's never really a clear advantage on but it just tells you how good both of them yeah. are. It's like iron yeah. sharpens iron, you know. That that is a pretty crazy like parallel careers there. Yeah. I, I thought about that one day. I'm like, wait a second. They pretty much played <laughs> each other twice a year for what, six or seven years now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and only a couple of years into the league. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, number two, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you know, he's a dual threat, passing and rushing. Again, it, looking at fantasy points from a wide receiver, in my eyes, this guy is you know a top two guy. He's it. Like a wide I mean, receiver that looks had, like a running back. Exactly. You know, fifteen touchdowns from the air, two touchdowns on the ground. You know, ninety catches, almost thirteen hundred yards. He's He's every bit, you know, and he's got Mahomes chucking him the ball. And he's mm-hmm. just, you know, I don't see him slowing down next year. He, he's still a few years away from losing a step, you know. Yep. So he, he he's still got it. He's still going to be at the top of that list. Not quite at the top of the list, though. Number one for me, Devontae Adams. The guy's just so good. He's phenomenal. You know, and, and obviously Aaron Rodgers <laughs> doesn't hurt having a, you know, Hall of Famer all-time great throwing you the ball. But One of my favorite it, videos is watching Chad Johnson cry while watching routes, watching Devontae Adams run routes. <laughs> <laughs> he was that good. Yeah. And watching Ocho Cinco. I mean, he had 18 touchdowns last season. And he, did, he, he finishes, he makes every catch, gets in the end zone. He does it all. Yep. He's... He's the best. He's going to, you know, I, I see him as the, he's still the best. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more, man. Yep. He was my first overall pick last season, by the way. Carried me to a championship. There it is. <laughs> Got to throw that in there because it matters. Thanks, Devante. It matters. <laughs> so all of our top 10 lists are different, and it's not like I disagree with anybody's picks. It's just how we perceived them. Um, Don said he went a little bit more safe, but he threw some, he threw some salt in there to – DJ Moore is number 10. AJ Brown from Tennessee is number nine. Day, uh, Darren Waller, uh, number eight. We're talking about receivers here. Yeah. Um, number seven, Calvin Ridley. So it's pretty much in there aligned with you. DK Metcalf at number six. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, number five. Travis Kelsey had as his number four. Number three, DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, and then Devontae Adams to round it out. That top five is interchangeable like Legos, I think. And I think Devontae is still the clear sure. number one on everybody's list. Um, now, when you look at my list, guys, mine is a little different. But I went off the fact that I don't necessarily think more catches makes you better. But what you do with less catches makes you a better receiver, I think, in most cases. Sure. And how the, how well they did against cornerbacks how 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 other cornerbacks fear these guys so i had to consider that in my list you're going to see some guys that a lot of people had higher that i put lower and it's because of those reasons number 10 darren waller he's a tight end he's getting a lot of throws to him um but i can't take away the fact that the dude you know is what kyle pitts should be if not better you know Number nine, Stefan Diggs. I just got to consider the fact that he was thrown to over 120 times last year. Um, like I said, more catches doesn't make you more dominant, but I want to see what you do with other good receivers on your team, even though um, what, what's the guy's name? Cole Beasley is on the yeah. team. 
I mean, it was just because Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs were hooking up so good last year that, you know, yeah. it really didn't make sense. Number eight, I got to throw Julio Jones in there and not Calvin eight. Ridley on my list. Just, I know he got hurt a couple times last year and he is looking, he kind of looked like a shell of himself. But, you know, with all the controversy of him, them talking about him getting traded in the middle of the season and all that, I think yeah. I got to consider the psyche in this too. Um, but sure. Julio Jones is still, yeah. to me, still the number one prototypical receiver that you want on your team. I, I feel like that's a name that's like my running back list from last week. Like, I think he's got one more good year in him, you know? Yeah. Like, he could still do it. Yep. Mike Evans. I mean, look up the stats. Middletown zone. Well, that's uh, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong team. Yeah. <laughs> um. But Mike Evans is is awesome. He's so underrated, like because people don't mention him more. Um, I, that's heading over to my number six guy, DJ Moore. Nobody talks about DJ Moore. It is absolutely insane. Um, let me go, go over to the comments because Don says on semi Rob's list, so I know who he is picking in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> um. But heading back to DJ Moore, DJ Moore is so underrated. I don't understand why why people don't talk about him more. Um, and you're really going to see it once they get a good quarterback on that team, what really he can do. It was a very good compliment with Curtis Samuel last year. Um, and the reason why Curtis Samuel got so many catches is because he got a double DJ Moore. Coaches know about DJ Moore, but I don't think the fans know too much about uh, his potential. Um Another Maryland guy, him and Stefan Diggs, both on both on my list. Number five, Allen Robinson. What can I say? Ever since he was a Jacksonville Jaguar, he's just been amazing. I wish he would come back to Jacksonville. Come back, but you know, <laughs> I think Chicago's going to use him as some trade bait. I don't think they really want him on the team. Um, they burn way too many bridges with him already, but can't change the fact that the Chicago Bears offense revolves around Allen Robinson at the end of the day. Right. Um, number four, Travis Kelsey. I mean, the proof is in the pudding there. What do we need to say other than he's the best tight end in the game? For um, sure. And we've seen how how, cra- how valuable he was in the Super Bowl with Levante David locking him down. I had said that as one of my talking points before the Super Bowl. If you lock down Travis Kelsey, this game is a lot easier, and that's exactly what they did. Um. Number three, Scary Terry McLaren. I've been telling people this guy is like DJ Moore in the fact that nobody talks about Terry McLaren, but he will burn you. He's got defeaties. He can he runs some of the best routes in the game next to Devontae Adams and um uh your boy out of uh the Chargers. What's his name? Uh um Allen, uh Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, um, yeah. These are like my top three best route runners in the game. Terry McLaren. Uh, Keenan Allen and Devonta Adams, but I got to put him at number three, and y'all gonna see what I'm talking about this year <laughs> if they get a good quarterback. Him and Curtis Samuel are gonna light up the league. Um, number two, DeAndre Hopkins. D Hop, yeah. got to give it, put some respect on his name. This dude does not drop passes. Um, and like I said, iron sharpens iron. Having Jalen Ramsey in your division, them going against each other all year, just makes him. It it tells. This is why DK Metcalf is not on my list. You got to get over that hump of going against Jalen Ramsey twice a <laughs> year, man. I'm I'm just being serious. Like, if you can't do that, I can't put you on my top ten. I, I just can't. 
I mean, Jalen Ramsey <laughs> locks him down. But DeAndre Hopkins is total opposite. They always have good games against each other. And then number one, I said it since last year before we even saw him break out this year, that Aaron Rodgers' career is in the balance if Devontae Adams is there. And he ends up winning the MVP. And the sole reason was is because Devontae Adams was so good. Yep. Aaron Rodgers should be slicing that MVP trophy in half and giving Devontae Adams the other half. <laughs> hey. He's so good. I mean, off the line, I, yeah. there's nobody better. I mean, he made Jalen Ramsey look silly. <laughs> uh, the, the, the cuts, you know, and late in the season in the winter, he's still making the same cuts. He just made it look easy. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, so that's my top 10, uh, wider, not wide receiver, but receivers in general. Right. Um, everybody had Devontae Adams. This is number one, though. We we yeah. put so much respect on this man's game. Until somebody can beat you at the line of scrimmage like he does. <laughs> and he already got the hands. We already we already know about the hands. But uh, take take Aaron Rodgers out of the equation. Well, Aaron Rodgers have won the MVP award without Devontae Adams. I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is a top five quarterback without him. No, no. Um, if you take a middle of the pack guy and put him there, even a top fifteen guy that isn't Devonte, he doesn't get there. No. Yeah. So this is a great show, man. We're gonna wrap this up. We went a little bit over, but that's okay. We like to end this show in an hour, but that's that's fine. Ten minutes over, but uh, thanks everybody for stopping by um, and watching the show with us. It was. Uh, it's uh we, we always like doing these lists. This is what's going to get us through the off seasons doing these lists. Right. But uh, everybody likes we'll seeing make, the crazy predictions too. We'll make it to draft night. We'll make it to draft night, and then after draft night, then we'll start <laughs> talking about um some of our divisions who we think are going to pan out in the divisions by record. So that's going to be pretty awesome. So uh, shout out to everybody on yeah. Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch for coming through. Um, yeah. like I said, go ahead and share this out when the video comes out. Check out the YouTube yeah. for highlights of the show. Uh. Don, we appreciate you, man. For uh, yeah, thanks we, for we, we hope you we hope you feel better. And that was that was April yeah. Fools to everybody. Don is still yeah, an April, Eagles fan. April Fools. And Don is still <laughs> an Eagles fan. Almost came out and said that I trained I changed my mind on Trevor Lawrence, but I wasn't. I didn't take it that far. This he week. couldn't commit. No, I, I couldn't commit, man. It was very hard. <laughs> but uh, thanks for the the sponsor, Float Posters. Thanks for everybody to come out uh, yet again, and we will see you guys next week for episode twelve. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. Find us on all your favorite music and podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For all the latest news and updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by going to eastcoastgridiron.com. 